Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 61, Working Deep Work. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us from the Power of Change World Shedquarters here. We are in Blacksburg, Virginia. Well, today I am with my brother from a different mother, Jesse Fury. We are back together after a long, what do you call it, a hiatus? Hiatus. Where we've both been in and out and about, and... uh, we are going to get into what we promised a few weeks ago, some practical stuff on how to attempt, and I'm using that word humbly because I, got, I realized reading, reading this book, Deep Work, <laughs> that I have issues with shallow yeah. uh, fragmentation of my attention these mm-hmm. days, but we're looking at practical stuff on how to attempt to work deep work. So, man, I feel like we just caught up for two hours. If you guys could That's have heard right. the conversation oh, we just had, we were talking Woo! secret CIA level kingdom type stuff. <laughs> Actually, a little bit of a word, right? A little bit of everything, a little bit yeah. of nothing. Uh, it was good to catch up with you, brother. Glad to have you back. Man, it's good to be back. It's and we, we have a new setup here. If you could see the shed quarters now, we actually are not sitting at a little side podcasting table. We are actually, I'm at my stand-up desk kind of on a little weeble wobble stool. And Jesse's in my really- <laughs> On the old weeble wobble. Yeah, he's in his in my really nice Man, leather reading chair. set up We here. are looking across straight at each other. Yeah. So when we have moments, we can do this. So because I can look at Jesse, I want to ask him before we get to doing deep work, to go in or out on some very, Ooh, very, boy. very, very important things. So, Jesse, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm All right, ready. in or out. I'll ask you a series of questions. And now we dance. And we dance. <laughs> Jesse, does, <laughs> Jesse does dance now Ooh. in the studio, which is fantastic. In or out, Jesse, question number one. Are you guys planning to watch Game 7 of the World Series? I'm so in on this. All right, tell me about I'm it. so in on this. I am a Nationals fan. Go Nats. I have been this. Oh, we've watched every game, every game, every game, and um, so all of the home games for us. I've been severely depressed. Yeah, it's it. Could it be seven games without a home team? Yeah, winner? it could be. Better be right. It could be. You know what? I I thought that I was doing pretty good about not uh, caring too much about sports until this World Series, <laughs> and uh, like halfway through one of the one of our losses, Jenny looks at me and she's like, "You're in a bad mood." Yeah, this is not. We were just in Houston, Don't Casey and me. I, and they were Astros crazy. And my wife came home a Houston fan. I was like, no, no, no. we're from Virginia, which means no, we like have to so... like the Redskins who are terrible. But we got the Nationals, Nationals right? We're gonna win no it, right? Scherzer. All right. Uh, question number two: In or out? Have you been listening to, planning to listen to the new EP "Jesus Is King" by one Kanye West? I'm so in. I'm in. I'm all the way in. <laughs> Did you know? You probably don't know this. Do you know I'm? I have like a secret obsession with Kanye. And so you, you this like all, all the people on Twitter is like, if you're a white dude and you've never listened to hip hop and you've never listened to Kanye, don't share your tweets about <laughs> Kanye. <laughs> so you're, you, that doesn't apply to you. Well, I don't know. I I don't tweet, but um, I do have the Twitter. But yeah. no, I'm so in. I'm so interested. Yeah, it's fan- so fascinating. I mean, like, so uh, the album itself feels a little bit um, brief, rushed. Yeah, incomplete or yeah. rushed. Uh, but there are a few songs like Selah, um, yeah. uh, Follow God. Yeah. Uh, what's it's on oh, God. Use, yeah, on God. Use, <laughs> yeah. uh, use this gospel when you got Kenny G coming in. Yeah, Kenny G. Here's the thing that Chick-fil-A. I love about Yeah, yeah, uh, which I don't, I still can't figure out that song. <laughs> 
Who is who is his Chick Fil A? Do you know the Chick Fil I don't know. My okay. my middle daughter's been listening to the most of the Kanye. Uh, but I'm in. I'm in. So I'm you're in on that. All right. Oh, yeah. Next question. In or out? Impeachment or nah? I'm out. You're out on that. All right. Fourth question. Since you did not listen to the last episode of the Gospel <laughs> Underground, should we tax nonprofits and churches who don't embrace and support same-sex marriage? In or out? Oh, I gotta stay out. Okay, I don't, I don't know. Listen, I mean, to, I mean, I know, but listen to episode sixty, friends. Uh, Jesse, you ought to as well. I will. In or out, Jesse? Thoughts on AirPods Pro? Okay, okay, I'm in. I'm in. I full disclosure, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm you, in because I uh, want you to tell me what what are the AirPods Pro, Jesse? You are. How do I a, not know? You're an owner of AirPods, I correct? Am. I love the them. truly wireless earbuds from. One Apple Incorporated. Yeah, well, are you telling me that they're obsolete? Do I need to buy something else? <laughs> a very expensive new version called the AirPods Pro. Oh, they sound great. I'll buy them. This isn't reviewish, but they have silicon tips that form a tight, oh, airtight see, seal in your ears. I had to. I had to buy aftermarket ones. Oh, I have to put them on every time. Active noise cancellation. Get out. So you might be. I don't know if you can wear them on airplanes or not. Uh, but yeah, little shorter, little little different. Good battery oh. life. Little different case. Uh, mine are now obsolete as well, but my AirPods Pro will be here next week, so you can look at them. <laughs> are you kidding? Oh. <laughs> All right, in or out? Are you in or out on mocking others during theological disagreement and debate? Ooh, ooh, let me go in. Okay, please, so, please be brief and not specific. <laughs> I'll go in and say. Uh, that I think that we ought to treat other people with respect when we're in a public setting and privately too. Yep. But there's room privately, like you and I, we could sit here and we could like hash it out about someone Bust and be like, on Man, each other and, or something. And even on someone else when we're trying to refine what we think about them, like their ideas and not their, their ideas person. and their public statements. Um, but I think we should, we should treat each other with respect and not, uh, name calling, Yep. Man, and it just drives me nuts. This is why I try to stay off of Twitter, by the way, when things things go down in the Christian world where Christian leaders think thinks is, is their job, not just to, to rebuke some kind of, this is now turning into a rantology, <laughs> uh, some kind of false teaching. The but, Jesse Fury but, professor but of rantology. When you come after someone who's like a brother or sister in Christ and, yeah. you, and you use like these, these like uh, 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 unchristian, ungodly, uncharitable uh disrespectful ways of doing it i'm out man so maybe we should subscribe to something that one very wise maybe all wise person once said do to others as you would have them do unto you maybe that's a good idea still all right final question right this week in this next two weeks is a really big deal for some people who like streaming television apple tv plus launches this week disney plus i within two weeks will you be subscribing to both one of these services or none of them i'll go in and say none for now how about you um i canceled netflix uh recently so i I, I would consider doing that um so we're probably we're probably in on these mainly with the mandalorians yeah that does look pretty star wars thing we might be might be hitting in on that so i am looking at my budget being responsible so we canceled Mm -hmm. one we just kind of got sick of some of the things on netflix does apple and disney combine to be about the same price as netflix um it's very close yeah because netflix was you know 13 13 bucks and i think uh apple is 6.99 disney is similar 
So yeah. Come on, maybe. Oh, mm. so you never know. Well, I'll just, let you. I'll let you lead the way with those and the AirPods Pro. We will have reviewish on the ridiculous things uh, in the coming weeks. But our main topic today, after a little bit of fun, there <laughs> is working deep work. Last time, Jesse, we were together at least episode fifty nine. Uh, we looked at the concepts from the book, right? Deep work. And so today, we just want a little bit of practical as well as motivational things. To, hey, how do we do this? How do we, in this world that we're creating, technologically driven, uh, distractions abounding, how do we do deep work in light of our own schedules and life? So I wanted to start with a little bit from a CNBC article, a business article uh, that kind of gets to some of the reality. This was an October 14th article by a guy named Nir Eval. Uh, and he said this, it's 9 a.m. You walk into your office, fire up a computer and attempt to start your workday. Ping! Everyone is talking about Trump's latest tweet. Ping! There, there it goes again. A family member just texted you. You pick up your phone and you look at a news notification. You answer your text. You check Facebook. Then you watch a YouTube video. Suddenly, before you know it, an hour has passed and you haven't accomplished a single work-related tasks, Yikes. right? This article is about the lack of focus coming out of cost. In fact, this article goes on to say that attention seems to be the ultimate scarce resource to, in today's economy. And if we don't address it now, it's only going to get worse. So here we're here for y'all today to talk about how we might practically look in this kind of world towards doing deep work. Definition from the book by Newport's Deep Work. This is on page two. Jesse read it to us last time. Professional activities performed in a state of distraction-free concentration that push your cognitive abilities to their limit. These efforts create new value, improve your skills, and are hard to replicate. Maybe hard to replicate by a robot. Jesse, I don't know if you have those rules that he gave um, in yeah. the book that kind of structured last time. That's right. He goes through four rules. Uh, rule one is to work deeply. Uh, rule two, to embrace boredom. Man, that's hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's very hard. I we got talk. Disney Plus. Hard for me. Boredom. I was in line today waiting to buy myself something to eat. And like, it was so hard. I, I would have gotten my phone out to check something, except for I knew we were going to record this today. So you're like, Brace boredom. Yeah, embrace, embrace boredom. boredom. 30 I can do seconds. this for 30 seconds. 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, so rule rule two, embrace boredom. Rule three, quit social media. <gasps> yeah, I've got to talk to you about that one later. Yeah, keep going. Rule four, drain the shallows. All right. And he gave three philosophies or ways of life we could go about working deeply. This was under rule one, monasticism which he kind of described as people that have the ability maybe that do intellectual work who could pull aside for long chunks and periods of time. He, he uses uh, Carl Jung. He would get away yeah, for like yeah. months at a time. and The father of Jungian yeah. uh, psychology, yeah, months at a time. Another computer scientist he mentions That's in the right. book that works similarly. Bimodalism, where you can turn on and off, you know, kind of the busy buzz of life. Uh, kind of in chunks, long periods of time where you go maybe on retreats for focus. And then uh, what he called the rhythmic way, where his example uh, was the um, PhD student doing from 5 to 7 a.m. in the morning. And th this was one of the things that, uh, even in the book, right, Newport said, this is likely 
the biggest reason that rhythmic philosophy is one of the most common among deep workers in standard office jobs. So if you have a standard job where you can't take a six-month intellectual retreat or yeah. if you can't just there's unplug. No, for, there's no sabbatical. In you got future. little kids, man. You got yeah. to be somewhere. Um, rhythmic, how do you block and schedule your week-to-week in the midst of uh, you know a lot of shallow work you have to do? You have to pay bills. You have to go to work. You have to answer your boss's emails. You got to wipe some noses, take some kids to soccer practice, whatever it might be, rhythmic ways. And we're going to get on that here today and how we structure. So, Jesse, I want us to bridge into a little sharing. Obviously, we have some things scribbled out, but we're going to share together how we're in the struggle. And I'm just saying, man, I realize how much um, social media um, is both helpful in surfacing things for me, but also very not helpful and making my heart really, really distracted and hard to do deep work. So when we talk about working, I want to talk about two things, structures of life and then maybe some tools, right, Mm -hmm. that we can use Mm -hmm. uh, to help us in the fight, right? Because we are a tool-making species creation uh, that does use tools to help our lives. The first structure I wanted to get to, which gets to this rhythmic idea, is that using a block calendar... um, is is massively helpful to me. What do you, what do you mean by that? Well, if I, I'm a visual person, um, as most people are who have eyes and, and, and uh, using... I, I also I, like to see... I like to see my yeah. time. And so I use a week view calendar quite often. I also okay. use a whiteboard that has an annual calendar with each month that you kind of like say, hey, are you... Uh, are you about to go crazy with all that stuff on your <laughs> whiteboard? There's a lot. Um, there's a lot on there. Maybe we'll throw a picture of that. Well, maybe that's the no, secret. You we can't show, yeah. show, throw that on the uh, podcast. But yeah, so week to week, I like to look at my calendar visually, and what, when I say I, I like to put blocks of time in, so. If you're in a job that has like weekly staff meetings or weekly kind of reports you have to do, you block that in. If you have specific responsibilities to your family, maybe soccer practices, that's certainly in our life, or exercise, you block that in. Um, In deep work, I've found like this week, for instance, I'm doing a conference on marriage this weekend, and I'm writing a new talk, and obviously uh, very interesting that my wife and I are are having struggles with each other this week when I'm writing a marriage (laughs) talk, of course. Um, So I realize... It's probably your fault, though, right? It's always my fault. We did talk about that. It's my fault. Yeah, I'm repenting. Um, But in order to do that, to write a new message or create new content, I need to do deep work. And so that has to have a block of time to do it. And so... In the book, they talked about you know scheduling at least ninety minutes because to get out of the distractions, to get focused on something you're reading or writing or producing does take time. So yeah. I like that ninety minute rule. If you're hey, if you got write something, yeah, you got to put space. Yeah, he talks in the in that that was one of the most fascinating parts for me where he, I I don't remember who he's who he's uh, using there, but someone has done research about attention residue. Yeah, that your attention. Uh, you kind of leave a residue or, or a residue of what you were previously paying attention to sticks with you for a certain amount of time. So it's, you know, you can't just kind of flip a switch and go, okay, I'll leave this behind and move on to this next. Yeah. Day. You have to on ramp. Yeah. yeah and, you need that, that time. That's good. And so in blocking, blocking out things, you know, if you're a pastor out there, you got to write sermons, highly suggest if you want to do work like that, it's like, Hey, I'm going to be doing my exegetical work in understanding the Bible nine to noon on Tuesday. 
And then I want to do my writing clarity, kind of putting ideas together, you know, maybe nine to noon on Thursday. Um, mornings are good for thinking because your mind is fresh, but giving that time. Now, one of the things I've done, Jesse, over the years is to overestimate how long it takes to do a task. And so if something may take me 30 minutes, typically, if I'm really hyper-focused, I'll give it an hour in my calendar. I'll block mm. an hour. And I need I need to start doing that. I'm the opposite. I'm usually like, <laughs> oh man, yeah. I can crush that in ten minutes, yeah. no problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll schedule six of those in the next hour. Yeah, I've learned through pain yeah. uh, over the years that if I if I if I don't overestimate, yeah. um, if I underestimate my productivity, that's why I say I do. I underestimate my productivity gives more space. And then here's the here's you'll get to learn a little bit about my weirdness. And then when it takes 38 minutes to do it and you had an hour in your calendar, you're like, sweet, I'm ahead of time for the day. And you yeah. feel you feel better. You feel less squeezed, less stress, yeah. uh, and you have time in margin. And I think margin gives time for um, what I call intellectual wandering or curiosity, thinking about things. That's right? interesting. I was going to ask you how you always have... Uh, <laughs> you, you, you bring so much good like research to this. To the podcast. To this, yeah. Well, to anything. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so are you blocking time to say, hey, I'm going to research this, or is that uh, intellectual wandering time? Um, a little bit. One of the things that, I'm, that I want to talk to you about later is about the social media thing, because yeah, a lot yeah. of times it leads to very good thought generation and research for me, but it also leads to just devastating yeah. wasting of myself in life. So yeah, for okay, but okay. yeah, I think ma- having margin for curiosity and wandering. Because for instance, if you have an hour and a half, you're trying to write a message, and I start reading on a subject, right? And I'm trying to put together That's a right. thought. I might from that read read another text in the Bible or read another article, um, which then generates something really good, and then you can footnote it and stuff, and then right. follow that train of thought into creating the presentation, the creative side of things, right, when you're putting together outlines to present things. So I think that margin, if you're always squeezed uh, without any margin, it's hard to do uh, good creative kind of work. Not no matter what we do for presenting reports at work, if you're if you're doing ministry work, uh, if you're a songwriter, whatever it might be. I think if you don't have space, right, you can't. Uh, as a Christian prayer, right? God yeah. help me, help me. How do I say this and those kind of that's things? That's right. I would say that's that even applies for uh, replying to emails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like if yeah. I don't have a lot of margin, my emails are pretty. Um, uh, they can border on, uh, is he mad? Yeah. Does he have a problem with me? Is he just dismissing uh, Like, me? no, I just thought I could do more than I actually can. And so these have to be real short. And- yeah, yeah. And and realizing when you're doing people work, right, you, you want to have time to treat people like people. Um, this was an interesting quote from, from the book Deep Work. Three to four hours a day, five days a week of uninterrupted carefully directed concentration that means blocked out time it turns out can produce a lot of valuable output and he was speaking of his own life there where he's saying hey if i can get three or four hours a day where i'm really focused on things i can really put some things out in the world because of that that discipline yeah and, now, he, and he's and he's in a way trying to say uh um you know 15 to 20 hours of deep work per week uh, that you discipline and set aside can produce far more value than forty to fifty hours of you know distracted work. That's right, yeah. in and out of things where you're trying to multitask. Where you're but man, not, it's hard to do. Yeah, it, it's very hard to do. Particularly you know when that article from CNBC that is reality, right? Yeah. The phones ding, the notifications are coming, and we're like, how how do we do that? So, um, 
this kind of blocking out time where in margin, um, really relevant to something he said here on page 100. He said, the key to developing a deep work habit is to move beyond good intentions and add routines and rituals to your working life designed to minimize the amount of your limited willpower necessary to transition into and maintain a state of unbroken concentration. And this, he was just saying, hey, you have to use these kind of rhythms and routines of life to, to actually follow through on something. Because look, if you're just saying, hey, I need to think deeper in life, but you're not saying, hey, from 9 to 11 on Wednesdays, I'm going to read books that provoke good thought. If you're not doing that right, um, it's very hard just to will it into being without some sort of uh, liturgy, routine, structure to the thing. And and it has to land somewhere in space and time uh, on the calendar. So it it may sound a little bit crazy like, hey, schedule yourself with discipline so you can wander in your mind intellectually and do creative good work in whatever field you're in. Uh, But without that, I mean, there was a quote in the book about artists, how artists live their lives creatively, but they kind of focus their day-to-day like accountants almost with the time uh, having meaning and purpose and investment. I thought that 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 particular idea about having the structures built in uh, was one of the more helpful things in the book and has been one of the more helpful things for me because um, uh, you know, self-control is yeah, hard. That's right. Uh, and you know, even the idea of, of scientists neurologically are seeing that willpower is, um, you know, it's like a muscle, like any other muscle, right? right. So, right. so, which means that you can grow it, but it also means when you're, when it's taxed, yeah, it's harder and harder as the day goes on, which is one reason why, you know, dads, if you come home from a long day at work, uh, it's, Harder to sustain the willpower That's not right. to snap at a kid if a That's kid, right. you know, or, or it's not that you have a short fuse. It just means you're kind of your your will is burned off That's from right. the day. Yeah, so you're weak, and it, it you know so so having the 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 um, structures built in so that you don't have to fight hard That's right. to That's get right. to get into deep work is like although I just won't do it. We won't. Yeah. We absolutely won't. So block calendar, overestimating your uh, underestimating your productivity. Um a couple other structures and the, these were interesting from from the book. Bill Gates, uh, founder of Microsoft. Um, I've, heard, I've heard of him. Heard of him. Yeah. yeah, he used to be one of the richest guys in the world. Probably yeah. still is forever because of his Microsoft holdings, but um, I didn't know this about him that he does these things called think weeks where not only just, you know, taking vacation, we all know that avocation, you know, you need to rest from your work, but taking times where he just pulls aside and does these think weeks, um, did this through his work life. He still, I guess I did know this now because he recommends books every summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that he's deep dived on um, where he basically says, I'm going to read leading um, thinkers on various subjects and topics on purpose, just to provoke his own thought. Mm. And I thought that was very helpful because many times I'll be listening to someone speak on something and get like massively inspired and then go into kind of a deeply productivity kind of brain dump myself just by listening or reading something something really good. And so think weeks, man, that was a good idea. And I think that if you plan like vacations in the summer and things like that, uh, doing things that are kind of helpful uh, to provoke your mind and your abilities and your skills and thinking is, is super, super helpful. This next one is really hard for me, Jesse. Silence and solitude. Um, alone time, right? We both have little... Well, you have little kids. I have big kids. I yeah. guess I've grown children almost. Um, silence is... 
yeah. rare in ever our home. Since, yeah, ever since they're born, like it's like, yeah, how do we how do we get alone time, which, you know, is where you can embrace boredom, daydreaming, uh, thinking, those kinds of things. How do we do that in, in when kids and jobs and phones and dinging? How do we do it? Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the things uh, it's obvious it has to be scheduled, right? We don't uh, just bounce on your family. <laughs> like, yeah, Dad disappeared. Yeah, Where yeah. he go? Well, even even in the workday, if you have any, not everybody has control over their schedule. So that that's yeah. one of, probably one of the biggest uh, maybe critiques of deep work is um, you know it's hard. No, it's not impossible because of because of the rhythmic idea. If you can get up early, yeah, and you can make it happen, but it, but it is difficult if you're like. You're installing HVAC stuff. To, That's right. To, I'm running. Although co- you might, you might have solitude. Yeah, you could run conduit all yeah. day and you know, uh, running. So, 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 blocking time. You know, it, it has to be part of that. Um, I think one of the challenges for me in silence and solitude is, uh, which we're going to get to, but is like the the tools for it. Like if even if I put my phone in the corner of my study. Right. I can still hear it like rattle <laughs> right. if someone texts. You know, yeah. I turn off almost all of my notifications. You're like, who is that? <laughs> but then if I, but it, but my, but my text messages are still on in case my wife Jenny wants to get a hold of me, and and then it's like, well, I got, but probably should just go ahead and get up and check that. Yeah, and and, and the screen time feature on iPhones is terrifying. It's depressing. It's terrifying. I look at my time. I'm not going to say it out loud because it's terrifying. I, um, I don't like looking at it. I just stop looking at it. <laughs> I'm gonna look at my children's screen time, but I don't <laughs> look at my own. What about um what about music? Yeah. So I've thought about this because yeah. um really the idea behind deep work for me has a lot to it's you brought it up is attention. Yeah. Um, you know, that that if my attention is divided, even if I'm having solitude but I'm listening to music, which this this is what I do. My yeah. normal practice yeah, yeah, is yeah. if I get if I can schedule some time to work on a sermon or work on a project and it's solitude time. Um, it's rarely scheduled for me to have no music on and no uh, tasks to accomplish. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, yeah. I, I think all of my kids listen to music when they're doing homework and stuff, and I think it's more and more common. And we certainly know the the benefits of music to neurodevelopment right. in the brain and things. And so I don't have as much problem with that if it's putting you into a state of thoughtfulness. Um, obviously there's other kind of music, right? Where you just kind of dance and vibing out, just having fun. Where I mean, I was doing both with Jesus is King for the last week. <laughs> That's right. My Kyleen was too, man. She was but like, mo- most of the time I find that the music that helps me to focus more is music that is either so, uh, in, it's not new. I can't listen to new music yeah. and do deep work because then I'm, I'm, I'm divided. But if I'm you're... listening to something that I've listened to for years and it's not too hot, like I'm not getting too hype listening to yeah. it. Um, I can I can do that. I have a playlist that I listen to called Chill Seventies Music, which has a lot of James Taylor kind of stuff. You know that I'll kick on in the background in the office. You probably use yeah. that in multiple settings too. I don't know, man. I just throw it on, and uh, yeah, it helps helps check check the you know Jim Croce that kind of time yeah. in a bottle kind of music. Um, yeah, definitely do. And then I have some nineties college music, which isn't deep work music, which is like bare naked ladies and those kind of music yeah. that uh, towed the wet sprocket, the yeah. sprocket. Yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then I got some hip hop stuff where I just you know where I just get fired up and stuff. So yeah, man. Well, the last thing that I found useful in terms of structure was in the, in the book called The Grand Gesture. Ooh. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> That's the Harry Potter lady, right? It, yeah, yeah. It kind of gives you a little bit of a sniff of the elitism. Yeah, of, yeah. You know, this is a Georgetown professor 
Apparently his oh Cal Newport that's yeah right. Cal yeah, Newport yeah. the author he, he's got a family member that was hanging out with Walter Isaacson who used to be the editor of Time wrote the definitive biographies on uh, Benjamin Franklin Einstein and Steve Jobs Steve Jobs, Jobs yeah, yeah. yeah it's like yeah my uh, uncle was hanging out with Walter I- right. Isaacson yeah. there's a little bit of an elite and, yeah, feeling feeling yeah. yeah in this example the grand gesture I've been, I've been to the I actually have a family member that went to Georgetown really yeah. okay I it's, turned it down to go to Radford there University. you go that's right the, the Har- Highlanders the Harvard of uh, the Southwest <laughs> Virginia you were right Stop. to do that. So, yeah, the grand gesture was this example he gave from J.K. Rowling, obviously the author of the Harry Potter books, who she just had to get away. She went to like a, I forget the name of the hotel. It was a very pimped out hotel. Some hotel Fancy, that if you were nice. elite, you would know yeah, what it is. You but... would think you were walking in the Hogwarts, perhaps. Yeah, and yeah. so, um, and the concept was, right, here's, here's from the book itself. The concept is simple. And we're going to have to translate this because we're not going to these fancy, I think it was like something stupid. Like, it wasn't the Hilton. Like thousand bucks a night <laughs> hotel. Like it wasn't where I could get it on my hotels.com right. app yeah. and for yeah. two yeah. and a half get, stars. Get a little bit of a, of a, of a deal on <laughs> get it. Get some free uh, <laughs> cold hard-boiled eggs for breakfast. <laughs> so, but, but I think it is translatable. We'll, we'll lay it out for what yeah. it is and then translate it into uh, normal folk life like us. Uh, the concept is simple. By leveraging a radical change to your normal environment, coupled perhaps with a significant investment of effort or money, all dedicated towards supporting a deep work task, you increase the perceived importance of the task. The, this boost in importance reduces your mind's instinct to procrastinate and delivers an injection of motivation and energy. And so she, she obviously went to this hotel and was very productive in finishing one of her books and then began to write from that hotel quite a bit. And obviously the Harry Potter books are some of the most uh, well-sold books in the history of the world. And she was able to do this. Um, but I actually like this idea. Obviously, I can't do it in the elitist kind of fashion, but I, I remember when I would do a, a large introduction to a new sermon series, like, and I would usually write some significant yeah. piece like on introducing the Gospel of Mark, or we did a series on apologetics, and I wrote like this 14,000-word thing for our church, right, for our people, you know, stacked up the books. And what I would do is I would go down to uh, Casey's parents' cabin, which is about two hours south of here, um, for like a week by myself, right? North Carolina mountains. Yeah, North Carolina, right on the river. Yep. And so it required my time. It also did something, um, it puts you in a place where there's a little bit of um, good pressure, I'd say, where, hey, my family's letting me away for a week. I've got this big stack of books. I can't come back empty-handed. <laughs> I've got this big <laughs> stack of books here that are need to be read and footnoted and, yeah. and systematized. And so some really good pressure to try to really uh, focus on the task at, uh, at hand. And even one time when I couldn't get away all the way down, I went to this hotel near Princeton that was like we got on Priceline and got it for like like huge hotel, a lot of inventory. It was a Hyatt, I believe. It hadn't been re- renovated yet. And they would have this in where I get like for 48 bucks a night, you know, low bid it, name yeah. your own price. And I, w- I went and stayed there three or four days just to try to focus and write and very helpful, but not expensive. But I think having some skin in the game like that uh, does make it a little more urgent. And so it doesn't have yeah. to be. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So I, 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 fe- I felt like this was almost um, combining uh, two things that have been helpful for me. One is so. I guess getting away to like a friend's cabin, um, it's not quite so grand, right? There's not as much of a monetary. There's a there's a but it's grand for us, but it's right? grand for us, yeah. right? But then there's also almost a like a sense of reward. So I was wondering about that because I get an injection of motivation if like at the end of this project, uh, there's 
there's something. There's right, Air, there's right. AirPod Pros. Right. <laughs> right. No, yeah. Like if, if, if you told me I had to write something or do something or come up with something or develop a system, and it was like, hey, and at the end of this, uh, you get you can get these things. Like even right. if it was my That's own right. money. If it was That's like, right. well, shoot, I did the project. I, That's right. Know, that's right. I, mean, I would just I'd be like, all right, I'm on it today. Yeah. Deep work, baby. Yeah, this is something that is neglected maybe in, in certain Christian traditions. This idea of reward is massive in human, you know. Yeah. Now, obviously, th- this is important because a lot of times you know, say non-Christian people, even, even you know, some folks I grew up with would think, what is Christianity? Well, it's you're, fe- you're fearful of judgment, so you better change your behavior. Right. And obviously, you and I know that's not... That's not the motivational factor for following Jesus, that's right? right? Yeah, um, it's not just a carrot at the end of the stick. Or it's not a stick that's going to hit gonna me, so I better me. run right. for Either something. Way. Yeah. Or it's just like, hey, give me a carrot, I'll get heaven. Right. Uh, but there is, because we don't want it to be presented that way, we can neglect the aspect right. that there is a reward involved, right? Yeah, that's right. That not only that, but he will reward all those who loved his appearing. Like we get God. We do look forward to the world without sin death, hatred, dying, disease, crime, right? That is going to be such a blessing in the end that it does have an effect, right? Because that's the the grand gesture of the Lord, right? In my house are many rooms, old King James, many mansions, right? Um, You know, we can abuse that, but like we'll have the crib, right? Next to my wife, we'll have to be married in heaven, but we'll get to hang out. Um, This idea of this grand gesture, I think, shifting our, our, our moment, into a time of yeah. focus with mm. a perceived reward, blessing, and some urgency, maybe even some do this. pressure. Yeah, get away with your wife and do some deep work and reward yourselves afterwards. I think it's very helpful. So structuring, blocking your calendar, look, leaving some margin in time, making sure we get alone so we can pray, think, embrace boredom. Uh, think winks and grand gestures. These are very helpful structural things. Now, Let's get to some tools. We need tools because we've made tools. I always find it very bizarre that the things that human beings create require us to create other things to deal with our own creations, right? <laughs> Think about it. How much, well, we need to have carbon dioxide sucking machines to, to limit you know, greenhouse gases. Now, I'm not trying to get political, but right. this is an example like, well, create technology to solve problems that our technology gives us. And, That's I, right. and I don't think this is necessarily bad. I think it's just kind of the nature of human yeah. beings. We create things. We don't know all the collateral consequences of them. We start to see them like with the, the iPhone creation of smartphones. We're like, wow, this is great. Man, I can Google. I can know anything at the moment. But then the thing never leaves us alone, right? So how do we deal with the tools we've made by using tools that we might made? Mm-hmm. So in terms of technology, we're going to hit it right away. Um, there are features that have been created in technology that help us now, like do not disturb. There's a little half moon, at least in iOS, where you can say, I want it, do not disturb. Um, that'll keep it from you know notifying you for things or taking you out of looking at things. So sometimes you're working on your phone, you want to focus a little bit more, do not disturb is helpful. But 
I've found that even that, Jesse, I sometimes just throw my whole phone into airplane mode. And not just because I'm on an airplane, but saying, hey, I want no radios connected. I don't want to get anything from the internet. I don't want to get calls, texts, or anything. Um, but I but I am maybe doing a brain dump into Evernote, so a tool I use for like thinking and brainstorming. Yeah. I've used air, airplane modes. You can turn off and limit notifications by app. You can really, really dial those down so you don't get them. And I think anyone trying to do work on your desktop computers, your laptops, your tablets, your phones, whatever, limiting notifications, those little uh, uh, teases of temptation yeah. that will will uh, draw you away. Yeah, I, I think a limiting note, turning off notifications like unsubscribing to emails. Like, yeah, yeah, get off that if newsletter. I, if I don't limit them or turn them off, and if I don't unsubscribe, I'm not getting anything done. That's like, right. As soon as That's I open right. up my email, and if I've got a ton of, I mean, you, I was just like, oh, I didn't know I, I wanted this, but now that it's in my inbox i'm gonna look at it and figure out what to do with this it. is funny man I, I since for whatever reason i updated the email software i use on my iphone and for whatever reason it, it will not show the badge number like when you have 15 new ones or something oh, a little yeah. red bubble yeah. i don't know why it just won't work anymore and so it's i've realized how how messed up i am because i'm like why is no one emailing what? me well no 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 <laughs> oh, no, no okay I, <laughs> I wish that was the case. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, 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 wow, still have no emails. That would be great. I don't yeah. assume that. I assume, oh my gosh, what's underneath this button when oh, I push this yeah. app and go How into it? How many are going to be there? <gasps> and it terrifies me. Yeah. And, and that's so terrible. Um, but like right now, I just looked and there's a bunch. Um, don't look. You're, don't look. Don't do <laughs> but, it. But don't look. <laughs> so that's a little weird thing yeah. that showed me kind of like, man, my heart is really kind of jacked here. Um, something we've used as a family, I, I use both in my office and in the house, charging stations, a place for your phone to go and live where it doesn't get used, um, where I also can top off your lithium-ion batteries. But I think that's very helpful. It's something very simple, but hey, go put it in airplane mode and stick it on a charger mm-hmm. away from your person when you're trying to uh, think and do Good work. A um, couple other tools. Um, Jesse, I know you're a paper guy. Um, I do like paper. What, how can paper help us uh, in this day and age? Oh, you're probably, you mean books. <laughs> yeah, I like, yeah. yeah, I like my paper to come in books. Uh, yeah, so um, I think when we, when we have a book, a book is just doing one thing. So when we think about like uh, our attention, our, our attention is being, um, you know, uh, monetized, it's being sold. And that's really what makes an iPhone or, a, or an iPad or computer so, uh, so difficult is that the very things that are on there are on there in order to steal your attention. Yeah. Like for those apps to be successful, they're stealing the very thing that you want, that you, that you don't have very much of and that you need to do deep work. And so, uh, so a book, like you're not going to read a book unless you want to read a book. Right. This is just, it's just a, uh, a single line, right? It's like, I want to give you my attention and then that's what you are delivering. It's I mean, linear. I, I, yeah. And I, I think that there, even with, with our technology that goes, so obviously a book is technology. Um, but I think this is where something like a Kindle uh, device um, is, is, is valuable. So I, I still, I have one, but I still right. use, I still use real books. I like the way they feel and, and right. smell, but, uh, but with a Kindle, at least, it's still it's still unilateral, right? Like Amazon wants you to buy books, so they give you this device with books on it, and you want to read books, and it's like this is a rewarding relationship. That's right. right? It just That's keeps right. me simple. Uh, and there, and then, and then anything that they have on a device like that is not good for anything. You can't like. Right. You could get on the web, I guess, but it's not. You wouldn't want to. Right. Most people who use Kindles yeah. use it for reading. So yeah, I think yeah that that direct attention line is important. 
Yeah. I tell you what, reading reading books, I know there I don't have any research cited on here right now, Jesse, but I know for me, I actually can remember things better when I've read them in paper. I yeah. don't know why that is. I'm sure there's some don't you, uh, don't you think your brain gets more like you you're more present with I, it, aren't you? I think you? it's because you're seeing it in a space. And I think you know, human beings were created to 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 work in space, right? We're Come embodied on, creatures. We're living in, in, in a world that God made. Um and that I think when we see and touch and interact with things, it does uh, does have a holistic effect on our memory. That's and what I, that's one of the reasons why I want to recover the use of space to mean actual space. Yeah, we could save that for another yeah. time. Like, yeah, we should do that because uh, I've been doing well. We will do that in a couple of weeks because we're going to do a really weird podcast. On oh, I love the, it. I love weird on, podcasts on the ideas of Don Hoffman, who's a cognitive psychologist. Who's uh, he, he's getting this? He's putting forth this idea called conscious realism, where he thinks everything is mind, and the world mm. is just kind of like an operating system abstraction that we use to get along in the world. But if we'll get into what space is and what it is, and, Ooh, and, and realism, wait. anti-realism, and that. So can't wait for that. So books made with paper help us to think well and help us to uh, focus and not be dra- dragged away by the temptations of notifications, little dopamine hits that say, "Ooh, somebody liked my Instagram photo." Um, this is a tool that I've used both of these things, uh, long walks, uh, and, and showers. Now there's obviously the use of resources to take long showers. Um, but for me, I've done really, I've, I'm able to think, I think it's because there is no distraction. You're alone with yourself. You, you're literally, uh, Naked in the world before God, and I find you're talking about in the shower, in the shower not, not on yeah, your long not walks. On, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've never. No, no uh, long walks. Middle of the night, the I news. hope. At least. Um, yeah. So, but when you can be alone with your own prayers, your own thoughts, your own self uh, before God, there's a vulnerability for sure, um, and there's also a a, a focus. That I think some of the best ideas that that I've certainly engaged with have come through these kind of settings, and and one of the things that you know, obviously, he had his flaws and characteristics uh, that were were not uh, virtuous to use uh, that word. Uh, Steve Jobs was very known for taking walks, both by himself, but also to get business deals done to, and to converse with others, just to get out moving. Um, mm-hmm. Many people have found that a little light exercise helps the holistic nature of the body and certainly the mind-brain interactions that are helpful there. Um, Long walks and showers by myself uh, have been helpful to that. I don't know for you if there's ways you've gotten alone, you know, maybe running. You're a runner. You can run marathons. I would never say I'm a runner. (laughs) I I have run a couple of half marathons, but like, I don't ever. I've never woken up and thought, "Man, I need to go on a run." You're like my daughter, who who says, "I I hate math. I'm not good at math." And then she smashes the math SAT. Well, the and, difference is, is that I I finished a half marathon, but you can't run thir- you can't run 13 miles if you're not a runner. It's just I also like long walks. Okay, so I've got a great neighborhood for it. We got a, like a little quarter mile loop. Very. And uh, we get to, I get to see my neighbors, but not talk to them because I'm. You don't I'm, have to go up and down hills, or do you? No, no. Oh, Radford, nice. our, my our town is all hills except our neighborhood is like a plateau. A flat plateau, yes. Yeah, so love long walks. Awesome. Um, the other thing, this is maybe. Uh, <laughs> let's not tell our pastor. Um, I find that I get really good thinking done listening to sermons, both in person as well as uh, as well as on audio kind of devices or podcasts or audio books. Um, now, 
I typically read books on audio that I don't have to regurgitate or memory, you right. know, um, they're just pleasurable reads, but in doing so, you know, you can, you, I can be on a walk listening to an audio book, hear something that's kind of inspirational and takes me into a thought world that, yeah. uh, that I go somewhere else. And, and I've found that even on a Sunday morning, sometimes listening to a sermon, um, and my, I've told my kids that I can do this and I, and I, and I promise you, Jesse, when you're preaching, I can do this. I can listen to you and then write something at the same time. And it, sometimes that's very effective. Like I just get these rushes of ideas from yeah. something that yeah. you or Brad or whoever my pastor would be at the time. So I get some good, really audio inspirations that are tools for me to kind of get ideas and things like that. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder what that is. Uh, it, because I've been, I don't preach as often as Brett does, uh, our lead pastor, and I will often find now. I don't think it's that I'm not paying attention. I think actually it's the opposite. I'll yeah. often find myself paying very close attention, and then something he says will send me off. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I can pay very close attention at that point, but I'll get hooked back in. Right. Which, which I think, by the way, is a good reason why sermons ought to have. Um, attention hooks ways to get someone back people in, back in right? yeah. so which don't have to be stories um you know but anyway uh but i'm I'm with you man like sometimes i'll just be like huh that made me think about this other thing and you use like uh do you use like moleskins or do you use like little writing oh, yeah. notes and, i'm a, I'm a yeah. paper again i'm a paper guy yeah, 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 I got, yeah. i've got a uh, notebook with me most all the time yeah and so i'm i'm writing with my little uh Mountain pen. Jesse has a nice pen, and and he when he underlines in books, he doesn't use like this like ghetto ghetto highlighter that I use. He uses like a ruler and and a pen to underline in books, and it looks absolutely amazing. Fastidious. I don't, I don't like fastidious. going back and yeah. seeing messy underlines. You would hate the way my books look. <laughs> absolutely atrocious. Um, yeah. So have a place where you dump things. That could be moleskins. That could be fancy notebooks. I mean, I think investing in those things is helpful because that's where you do some of your thought life. For me, I I, I used to actually use moleskins. I have stacks of black notebooks that have like all the origins of Jacob's Well scribbled out yeah. in them. Which is I got gonna, them too. I'm waiting for my kids to be interested. Oh, so man. Read through them word yeah. for word. I'm, I'm sure nobody <laughs> will ever open them again. But. I still have them too. Oh man, I, I've told my kids when I die, just read everything on my blog, listen to all my podcasts because because they say, "Dad, we don't listen to your podcast." Um, <laughs> that's their big joke, and 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 read through my Evernote, right? Because I do, I use Evernote now much. I am very digital. I know I'm not writing in notebooks as much, but I dump into Evernote all the time. It's kind of my staging area. Um, where I still will go to kind of a word processor for final products uh, if I'm writing something. Um, but I typically go to Evernote to outline, to dump. Obviously, we do uh, podcast outlines uh, in Evernote. And it's so so you need tools that will help you uh, put, put your thoughts somewhere to help them emerge, uh, be organized as you go. So you can carry a notebook in your car where you can scribble stuff out. Um, can, I, can I throw one more thing in there that helps with deep work yeah. with notebooks? Um, I have found uh, that having a notebook where I can dump ideas as they come to mind, really actually a better way to put it is um, stresses, stressors. So if, I, if I've ah. blocked off 90 minutes for deep work, which just happens, yeah, uh, and then it's like the second I start trying to get deep into something, I think of the 10 things that I couldn't remember to do like 20 minutes ago, but now suddenly my brain's like, <laughs> they're ah, on now you. here they are. <laughs> um, and so being able to, to, to put those in a holding tank that's not connected online. So for me, paper, I can yeah. write those down, put the book down, and then I can focus knowing, 
Uh, those aren't going to disappear out of my brain it's again. It's safe at it's home safe. in a place where you know you're but going it's not again. Being, it's not being deposited into a, into a tempting, distracting yeah. thing like, a, yeah, like my phone like a notes phone. or something. Amen, brother. That's really good, man. Well, as we wrap today, uh, I ran across probably from Twitter. Um, we're going to have to do this next time, Jesse, to talk about the social media thing. We'll do that because I think you're uh, reading his ex book. On, I am. I'm about to start a, oh, it's called uh, um, uh, digital, Mim- digital Minimalism. Minimalism. That's right. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to take his advice and do a uh, digital decluttering for November. Wow. So I can talk about my experience we need to put this in a side notebook because for next time we need to talk about that because killing social media is such a, an attractive and terrifying idea for me that I want to I want to hear on that next time and I want to talk about his unique setting as a professor because my right. my big use of social media is to connect with other people who think about things that I want to talk about and I'm not in the halls of Georgetown or at Bell Labs in the hub and spoke where all these smart That's people right. are yeah. we're in the shed quarters man so <laughs> how do we connect that's for next time throw it in the notebook as we close today uh, one more article from a business kind of website Fast Company this is by a guy named Tomas Chamorro Pro Music hyphenated um, and he said this the last two decades of academic research reveals that these indispensable individuals are far more similar across jobs, cultures, and industry than people think. He's talking about people that are vital to organizations. They have three major traits that set them apart. They tend to be smart and curious, right? Which means they learn faster and better than others. They tend to have better people skills, so they are effective in their interpersonal relationships. They are driven and hardworking, which explains high productivity rates. But one critical dimension of talent appears to be mostly forgotten and is surprisingly absent from companies' competency frameworks and high potential models. So companies are going to have these, hey, what are we looking for in high-level leaders? Well, he calls this a talent, but it really isn't, which I think anybody can do. It's important. Its importance is such that it can amplify or extinguish any other aspect of talent right? Including the benefits of learning ability, people skills, and work ethic. That trait is self-control. And it explains why some people are much better to resist temptations, able to make short-term sacrifices to pursue more meaningful long-term goals, not just at work, but in any area of life. Without self-control, Every other virtue, skill, or ability is rendered futile as any significant accomplishment starts with the ability to manage oneself. As Plato, that's the old Greek philosopher, once said, the first and best victory is to conquer the self. Now, Jesse, let me close with this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, and its uh, luring notifications and distractions of life. Ping, 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 self-control. It is a gift from God that if we trust and walk by the Spirit, He will place and put into our story so that we might be able to do good, good, deep work. Jesse, thanks for joining me today. The Gospel Underground is a joint production of Power of Change in the Bonhoeffer House. Review us. Set aside time right now to review us on iTunes. Five stars are acceptable. Send your comments, feedback, questions that you might want us to take up on the underground. Remember, Jared Lynn, 
Crew Global at Brown University Athletes in Action said, hey, check out Cal Newport. We're doing that, Jared. Thanks for the shout out. We are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands between church and culture. We hope you see you out there. Peace. Peace, peace. Next time, Jesse. Minimalistic. Minimalism. Social media. Yes or no. baby. We out.